This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. And of course, it is the day that we talk about what you want to talk about. But there are a lot of things that come to mind. So first, let me give you the numbers. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now, the thing that is really top of mind, we've had a lot of changes in the way that we are dealing with COVID come down to us this week from the authorities, I say in quotes. And it is a loosening of restrictions, and that has a lot of people worried. So I basically want to know, uh, do you feel safe, safer, less safe with all of this easing going on? And I have to tell you, I think most people are on, are in COVID is over mode, uh, mode because Everywhere you go, it's crowded, people are going to events, people are partying. And uh, I don't know how careful they're being. Now, uh, a lot of people are vaccinated two shots, but not enough people are vaccinated with boosters. So um, let me go over a few things, right? So first of all, disturbing statistic and Perhaps the last time we get a statistic this week, 100 people died of COVID. And that is the highest number in a very long time. It comes as the wastewater signals are going up and the signs are that as we head into fall, we are probably heading into an eighth wave. And the question is, how deadly, how damaging is it going to be? This comes as the chief medical officer of health has basically put any kind of surveillance uh, into our hands. So he's given us directions, but they're not mandatory. It kind of leaves it up to us, first of all, to monitor how we're doing and to decide how we're going to deal with it. So you don't have to isolate for five days after you test positive. And the other question is, uh, who's going to test if they don't have symptoms? He said he wants uh, students and teachers to test, but I don't know if they will. And I don't know. I think it's harder to get test kits now. So that's one thing. But he said, okay, if you 
test positive, uh, then you should stay at home until 24 hours after you have symptoms. And then when you go into public places, you should wear a mask for 10 days, unless you're a kid in school, in which case you don't have to do it. So uh, is that good enough? It all sounds like, well, you know, really, it's up to you. On the other hand, that's basically the way we've always dealt with diseases. It's kind of up to us. So I want to know what you think about it and how you feel about it. Other bit of good news, we are getting vaccines that target Omicron. And long-term care homes will be the first to get it. And speaking of long-term care homes, another big topic this week. So the government rammed through, passed this new legislation, which allows them to send people who are in hospital waiting for a long-term care bed. It allows them to send them to dispatch them to a long-term care home, not of their choosing. Uh, All the details are kind of obscure for now. They say they won't force anybody. Premier Ford says, well, uh, they won't be charged $1,800 a day, which is the uninsured hospital rate. But how much will they be charged? We don't know. Maybe $1,700. Who knows? So there are a lot of concerns about that. And also uh, a shocking take from Dr. Samir Sinha, he thinks there's been some kind of agreement with some of the worst long-term care homes in the province that are not up to capacity occupancy because you can't get funding, full funding, unless you're at 97%. And he's saying, hey, this is just a convenient way to get those homes up to 97% because Apparently, up until now, because of the pandemic, the province has made them whole no matter what the situation. So uh, there are a lot of concerns on a lot of fronts. The government is taking tighter control of the information we get. They're shutting down the independent science table and they're starting a new one that needs permission Before they talk, one of the features that uh, really struck me during the pandemic, suddenly all these doctors became kind of uh, media stars, including with us, and they spoke to us regularly and they told us what they thought, not what the government line was. And that is apparently going to end. Those doctors, I'm sure they're still independent. They'll still talk to us, but they won't have the kind of real scientific information that we have now. So let us get right to the phones. We've got Sita in Mississauga. Hi, Sita. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, you you have a great opening. Now it sound like we are going to repeat you. <laughs> Um, I don't feel safe for what the government is, um, the changes they're making. I understand the backlash towards government by certain people due to, due to COVID restriction. But today we have vaccine and we have medicine to fight COVID. But the changes they're making that you can go back to work with a mask and children can, can go back without a mask does not make sense at all. Um, Okay, Sita, Uh, I bet a lot of people agree with you. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Bill in Scarborough. Hi, Bill. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks uh, for taking my call. Uh, Last year, I made a phone call to let people know that across Eglinton East from 
um, from Kingston Road to Kennedy um, that their bus stops were going to be, some of the bus stops were going to be taken away. Well, one, one of the, uh, one, 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 sorry about the. Okay, I've got to let you go, Bill. Maybe try again on a better line. Uh, that was a very strange echo. I don't know where he's calling from, Bill. Uh, you can call us back on a better line. Let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, we started off the show by talking about the relaxing of COVID restrictions. And I want to know whether you feel safe Are you going to cut back on where you're going and what do you make of it? Let's hear from Tom in Ajax. Hello, Tom. Hello, Libby. I'm a little surprised here at this new vaccine that's been approved just now by Moderna for the original uh, coronavirus and the Omicron variant. I saw a ticker come across the news today while I was trying to get weather forecast saying the CDC has just approved a Moderna and Pfizer vaccine in the States that specifically targets the new B variants. And I'm going, well, where's our government on this? Why are well, they getting something that... Does? Well, that's what they're... No, that's what they're getting. Oh, because the one I, well, I was understood was the it, variants that uh, are being targeted here, the original and the basic Omicron, not the newest B variants. Uh, I I have to check. Uh, it uh, I, I believe it's the same one, and... And I'm not sure it targets the newest B variants. My understanding is that those vaccines uh, can uh, hit all of the sons of Omicron. Uh, but we'll we'll check that. It's the same one because they oh, Health okay. Canada approved it right after the CDC. Tom, thanks okay. for your call. All right, let us go to Mike in Clearview. Hi, Mike. Hello, good afternoon. How are you? Fine, how are you? Okay, I have a little bit of a story. Um, an elderly fellow, I guess he's in his 80s, so that would make him elderly, um, had fallen here in Clearview and went to the Collingwood Hospital, and they x-rayed him and sent him home and said, you know, he'll be okay in a few days, just uh, behave normally, and then you can walk on it. And, and he walked on his legs and everything for seven days, and he was just getting worse and worse and worse. And he went back, and they discovered that that they'd made a mistake and he had cracked his hip and he is in bad shape now. Oh, that's terrible. So I'd just like to point out to the listeners, you know, you got to be very careful where you go to get your help. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know what? Emergencies are under such pressure. That's true. And they have to be a jack-of-all-trades. I mean, I have to tell, uh, I have quite an extensive medical history, and I've had a few not-so-great experiences in emergency with people who didn't know what they were talking about, basically. They need to be held to a higher standard than just the normal people, though. Radiologists go to 17 years of school. Uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, with hairline fractures, apparently, they don't always show up the first time. Sometimes uh, they only show up, uh, uh, ironically, as they're healing. So I don't know if that's necessarily a, a competence issue. Well, I hope it isn't, but as long as your listeners take heed to the warning. 
Yep, uh, absolutely. And you can't fool around with falls when people are older because falls lead to outcomes that are very, very bad. And I, I, I wish your friend all the best and a full recovery. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. I'm getting the bell ready because I am going to take a first-time caller. I'm doing it with my left hand. Vanny in Barry. Hello, Vanny. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon, Libby. Um, yes, so I had uh, maybe a couple of suggestions. Um, we're looking at, we know we're looking at a second wave of COVID-19. It always happens in the fall. An eighth, an eighth wave, not a oh, second wave. I'm sorry, that's right, the eighth wave. There's going to be another one, you know, and then we're going to have another one. But my suggestions are, for example, if someone tests positive for COVID and they're having breathing difficulties, breathing issues, why can't we have a pharmacist prescribe a puffer instead of sending them to the ER and, you know, and just making it so busy? Why can't a pharmacist prescribe one of the antiviral drugs to treat uh, symptomatic adults who have mild to moderate COVID-19 and are at high risk of serious illness instead of sending them to the ER, or worse, sending them there because their symptoms get so bad because they didn't have um, access to the timely prescriptions. We could have the medical and pharmacy associations set parameters. They could hire more pharmacists. Um, maybe make give them more hours instead of being part time, making them full time to handle the loads. We could have uh, last year students in pharmacy school come in to help. Have LPNs and RPNs. Are you a pharmacist? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what? Uh, your scope of practice is is being... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Libby. I'm not a pharmacist. I'm just asking why we can't... Use... Well, there, it's apparently all in the process of being done. Yanni, thanks for your call. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're getting their scope of practice upped. Um, uh, uh, I don't know if Yanni works with pharmacists or or whatever, but those things are happening to a certain extent, and there's a timetable for it. And uh, we discuss that on the show quite often. Uh, let us move right along here. Sean in Burlington. Hi, Sean. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Good, thanks. I think we have to remember we kind of get the love that we think we deserve. Everybody seems to forget, I think it was Christmas 2020, when Doug Ford hemmed and hawed because he wanted the restaurants to get clear out their stock before he did the shutdown. Uh, this is not a, something that's not expected, and yet we all voted for him. So we kind of get the love we deserve. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you uh, are not happy about what we're seeing now in terms of oh. COVID restrictions. Absolutely, absolutely not. But nobody voted in the last election, and they all seem to forget what happened to the homes during COVID. I think it was a time to change probably government, um, federally and provincially, probably. Yeah, there, so. there, wasn't, there wasn't much of an alternative, to be honest, or That's not one that too. people I, were happy with. I understand. I, I, I agree <clears throat> with that. So. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for your call, Sean. Thank you. Okay, we have got to take a break. Let me give the numbers out before we go to break. We'll have more of your calls and your comments when we come back from the break. And please be patient. We will get to them. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be right back. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. To this free-for-all Friday, I'm going to get right to the phones. And uh, now for something, I guess, a little different, I'm going to take a call from a candidate who is running to be the mayor of Toronto. We've got Blake Acton. Good afternoon, Libby. Good afternoon. How are you? Fine. Are you a first-time caller? Uh, I Actually, I called a few weeks ago and I spoke to a, a lovely woman on the phone there. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to call in to say, uh, you know, I'm Blake Acton, and I'm running for uh, mayor of Toronto. And, um, you know, I've been meeting lots and lots of people, uh, and a lot of people are just fed up with the way Toronto is being run. They're not happy with our mayor, uh, Tory, and, you know, it's it's to a point now where Toronto is, uh, it's it's filthy. There's garbage all over the streets. There's, there's... Uh, Crime is up. We've had carjackings. Uh, I'm a retired police officer for 30 years, and um, you know I've I've noticed, and, and everybody's noticed, the crime is up, and we have to uh, okay. we have to address this issue because. Like, how are you? I give you a, a, another 20, 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. How are you going to address it? I'm sorry. How are you going to deal with it? Well, we're gonna we're gonna uh, First, we're going to do an audit of Toronto. We want to find out where all the taxpayer money is going. And um, we have to crack down on crime. We have to start, uh, you know, uh, arresting these criminals instead of releasing them out into the public again. I Blake, think if, you're, if you're a retired cop, you should know that uh, the politicians aren't supposed to meddle on this. That's up to well, the police. Well, I think also, though, the politicians, they do have to get involved because they they have to work in conjunction with the chiefs of police and they have to uh, start helping uh, have input on what's going on because what's happening is we're getting a lot of repeat offenders out there and and it's just it's a vicious circle yeah the, so actually the mayor john tory has he's complained about that anyway thanks for your call and good luck to you okay uh, if there are other candidates for anything out there, I mean, you know, you can call like anyone else and get some uh, a, a little airtime. That's interesting. A retired cop. Uh, he, I don't know that there is widespread dissatisfaction with John Tory. Actually, I think he's pretty popular, and I think he's going to have a pretty easy ride. But, again, we want to hear from people, and it's great if people want to get engaged. The numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And I'm going to take another first-time caller, Luba in Thornhill. Hi, Luba. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, thank you. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I think it's quite reckless to allow students back in school without masks when they potentially could still have COVID and could spread it to their family members and to students. And then we're going to look at more teacher and staff absences. I think it's just 
just a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stressful as an education worker to think about the potential of this type of thing happening. I, and it are, will happen. Sorry, did you just say you're an education worker? Yes. Uh, um, can I ask what, what type of work you do? I'm a school secretary. Okay. And um, the other thing is, uh, I think the chief medical officer of health said he wants teachers and students to test all the time. Do you have test kits for that? Well, we have some, but how is that going to be enforced? I'm really not sure. The students are supposed to have self-test when they come in, but how do we regulate that? We can't. Mm -hmm. It's just really left up to them to do that at home before they come in. Right. But do you have enough test kits to distribute to have them test every day? That's a lot of test kits. Yeah. Well, we won't be testing them every day. So We do have test kits. We can test them. But the thing is, we don't know when students call in absent what they have. It doesn't have to be disclosed. And, uh, you know, I'm assuming that as a secretary, you actually, you're not in the classroom with the kids. At least you're a little uh, kind of removed from that. No, we actually are in contact with kids all day. Okay. So you're not comfortable with this. I get it. Yeah, we are not. Yeah. But that's that's a sad reality at the moment. And uh, have you talked to your other colleagues? How do they feel about things? Similar. It's quite stressful particularly if you have like young children or elderly parents, and a lot of us are in that situation. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, um, exactly. And you know. what do you think of the government's rationale for this? I don't think there is any good rationale for it. I just don't know what happened. I just feel like uh, a script was being read the other day on TV with the press re- with the press. Um, release on TV, and I just I just didn't think it made any rhyme or reason at all. It's very upsetting. Um, okay. Um, thank you very much for your call. Uh, I certainly hear you, Luba. And, um, yeah, well, what can I say? We'll have to see how things turn out. But yes, we will. Yeah. yeah. Difficult okay. situation. I appreciate yeah. your call. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Okay, you too as well. You too as well. That's redundant. Uh, Okay. Let us move along. Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Sorry. Sorry. We got cut off. I I got shut with with the phone. And I don't know. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, I I phoned last, last year. And we were trying to get a, a, a acknowledgement that some of the yeah. Just a second, I gotta. Okay, Bill. Sorry, uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bill, okay, folks. Uh, if you have to be in a place where your phone works. Uh, otherwise, this won't work. Let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And I just had a very interesting conversation with a school secretary, and she is very nervous about the rules for back to school. The chief medical officer of health has said you don't have to isolate after you test positive for five days, stay at home until 24 hours after you feel better. He wants students 
and teachers to test on a regular basis, but who knows if they will? Is that going to be enforced? Are there enough test kits for that? She is in contact with students all the time, and the students don't have to mask when they come back to school, and they could very well be contagious, and that is making her nervous. People working in schools have small kids themselves. They have elderly parents, um, and they are worried, and I do not blame them. If you're in this situation, give us a shout. Let us know. I don't know who else is listening. I know that there are some people, some experts who say that masking um, deprives young young children of, of proper contact and it leaves them behind. But uh, it looks like this rule is putting a lot of people in a dangerous situation. Okay, we have another first-time caller responding to uh, Luba. Sylvia in Toronto. Hi, Sylvia. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm good. I just want to respond to that, and I disagree. I think two years is enough, and I want to see the kids not be terrified having to wear a mask. The schools are safe. There's lots of air filtration. We have masks for them to wear. I mean, you know, enough is enough, I think. Do you work in school, or are you a mom? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. What do you do in school? I'm also a secretary, and we have very little contact with the kids as well. Well, Luba said she has contact with the kids all the time. So you're okay sure with how, it? Be- I'm not sure how because I mean, we don't actually work directly with the students. Okay, that's you. She said she does, so um, yeah. I well, I don't know what other duties she has. I didn't uh, get a full job description. So you're okay with it? And uh, what about your colleagues? As far as you know, yeah, yeah, everybody is okay with it at where I am. Okay, well, thank you for your perspective. No problem. Bye bye. Bye. Numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Earl in Oakville. Hi, Libby. Hi. I'd like to say something about the education system. Will there be a school year this year? I thought they're going on strike. Uh, it's not the teachers. It is some of the education assistants. They're negotiating for a contract. Uh, uh, one of their union people, um, I think they're in a, their their contract is expired. Yeah, that's what uh, I believe. But yeah. they said, "Don't worry, we're we're at the negotiating stage. We are. Uh, we want to give the kids a year." Yeah. So we'll have to see how it all turns year. out. They're not happy with the offer that yeah, they have so far. Either. Yeah. But uh, we'll have to see how that all turns out. Okay. Take care, Libby. Okay. Thank you, Earl. Bye. 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 Okay, we've had a number of calls in schools, and we've had two very different views from two different school secretaries. One says she is very nervous about the protocols, or lack thereof, going back to school, and another says she is totally fine with it, and she thinks it's high time that the kids could interact without masks. So what do you think? The numbers, 416 416- 
360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And uh, then there's the general COVID situation. We have a lot of indicators that we are headed for probably a big eighth wave. The wastewater is up 100 people died of COVID this week. And that's while really most people are behaving like the whole thing is over. So do you feel more safe, less safe, the same with the new easing of restrictions or leaving it up to us with how to deal with COVID in our lives? Okay. Uh, Let's go to Jacob in Toronto. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. I just wanted to expand on uh, the gentleman who was talking about uh, his friend that was walking and had the hip problem. Go ahead. Um, I had a face infection on just one side of my face, and my face was so swollen, it was probably maybe a good inch out from where it should have been. And I went to two different hospitals, and both the both doctors at both different hospitals did no blood work, no x-rays, nothing. And they said, there's nothing wrong with you. When I ended up at the third hospital, they said it had gone, it had gone sepsis. And if I'd waited two more days, I would have died. Wow. So I, I agree with this person. You have to advocate for yourself because nobody else will. You know, I had a similar situation a long, a long time ago where uh, I had fallen on some glass and it swelled up and I went to an emergency <clears throat> and uh, it was uh, actually a neighbor of mine who was a doctor. I mean, he didn't tell me much. He said, get yourself to emergency. Uh, the triage nurse looked at it and she, she said, oh, no, it's not infected. I waited hours and hours. And when the doctor saw me, he was afraid it was going to flesh eating disease. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's just now because this happened to me a very long time ago. But uh, yeah, you have to advocate for yourself. And sometimes they'll tell you there's nothing wrong with you when there is something wrong with you. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to, to elaborate on that and tell people you know, advocate for yourself because nobody else will. And are you okay now? Yep, yep. It took uh, two weeks in the hospital. and Oh, my goodness. You know, but I'm alive. Okay, well, <laughs> that's have, very my, good my news. Deformed because they had to drill a hole in my face to get oh, no. the infection out. But you know what? I'm still standing, so. Well, thanks, Jacob, for your call. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Libby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Okay, I, 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 I don't really mean to get down on uh, emergency department workers, but hey, uh, you have to be careful. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to, uh, you know, if you know your own body and you know something's wrong, uh, then you have to make sure that other people check it out. Let us go to Pat in Ajax. Hello, Pat. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Good, I'll be really quick. Uh, it's I, I have never phoned in before. But oh, I've wait a minute, to, but... wait, wait, wait. Welcome. Oh, yeah, it's just because I'm always sitting in the park reading a book, but I just, it was to do with the teachers, the masking and that, like, I just think I, I'm 77 years old, and I, I think it should just be everybody's choice whether they wear a mask now. 
I just had to wear a mask all the way to Atlantic City, and I just got back yesterday on a bus trip. Not one person down in Atlantic City was wearing a mask. Nobody. None of the none of the border guards. Nobody. And no problem coming back across the border with that arrived can. Didn't even have it done because I'm 77. And they just said, fine, passport, SAR form, the Americans or the Canadians just let us right back in, you know? Yeah, lucky. if you're, if you're I was older. a lucky one. Yeah, well, in terms of the mask... They, uh, it, what the chief medical officer is saying, you should mask after you've had COVID because you can still be contagious. Yeah, but he, I see when I'm I'm with the caller that was talking about the teachers. I I think the teachers with the virtual, you know, teaching virtually that must have been hard, but it must have been easier for them. Um, I know that they're going to strike, even though it's not their strike. I mean, I'm so used to the teachers going on strike now that I bet you they probably end up not going over the picket lines of the other people. They never, you know, their contract's probably coming up. It's not that I I think teachers used to be dedicated, and I'm sure there's probably 80% that still are, but it's not like it was back in the old days, which there was 40 going through a class back in the old days. Now they want 20 in a class, 28 in a class. I had 40 going through high school. You know, and I made it through, you know. Okay, Pat, glad you made it through. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let us go to, I'll take one more before the break. We've got Elizabeth in Burlington. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Um, oh, wait a minute, Elizabeth. I, uh... Elizabeth, wait a sec. Okay. A lot of first-time callers today. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Um, I went to the hospital a couple of years ago um, with a, a bad back. I could not stand on my legs. They just were like rubber. And I went in to emerge, and they did blood work and um, checked me out and said, you're having muscle spasms. I knew I wasn't because I'd had them before. And they sent me home with some naproxen. And two days later... I I couldn't get up out of bed. I was scared stiff. I hung on to my husband because I couldn't stand on my legs or anything. It was just awful. He called an ambulance and we went back. Um, saw a doctor. He was going to do blood work and we told him we'd already had blood work done. And he said, oh, when? And we told him and he said, and you didn't hear anything back? And we said, no. Well, he went and checked it all out come to find out I had a very bad streptococcus blood infection. Wow. And they didn't um, call so much. Yeah, and that was yeah, before and COVID, right? And I, I spent five weeks in bed in the hospital. And that was before COVID, right? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, stuff goes awry. And that's actually one of the things historically uh, that's been a problem is that people get tests and they don't always get the results of the yes, tests. And I realize good- that. And I, I know everybody's busy. Um, but it was pretty important. I my, my, might not have been here. <laughs> okay, well, Elizabeth, yes. thanks for your call, and I'm glad that you're doing well. Thank I'm you. I'm doing better. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Okay, we've got to take another break. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Boy, we're talking about COVID-related things, the relaxing of measures, the school system, 
Uh, we're talking about uh, healthcare in general and people. I have I have a good news story about eMERGE waiting, and I'm glad because, you know, uh, it's not my intention to dump on them, but there are mistakes made in eMERGE uh, because uh, they're under a lot of pressure, and those people have to be a jack of all trades. So we're going to take a break. The numbers four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty and uh, also remember that story we've been doing on Uber and the drivers and going through uh, a course that has since been delisted and they're on the road. Uh, I actually got a bit of a correction. Correction from the city. I got a very bureaucratic thing of them justifying themselves, and I can get into the detail on that when we come back on the other side of the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free for all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And it is a big day for first-time callers. And so, Stacy in Mississauga, welcome. Hi. Stacy. Yes, I'm here. Yes, welcome. Hi, how are you? Fine, go ahead. Uh, well, I actually had two, both both stories kind of ring with me. Um, I had a situation where after I had had a C-section with our child, um, I had a planned C-section because of a, a problem that uh, was anticipated for the birth. So I ended up having a spinal tap. And I had gone home that night. And I, when I laid down flat, I stopped breathing. Oh, my God. So, uh, with, a, with a newborn at home. <laughs> so I ended up being in the hospital uh, twice on two separate occasions, one day after the other. And in the end, the emergency room doctor sent me home with sleeping pills saying that I was a hysterical postpartum mother. Oh, wow. Thanks to my I'm husband, who insisted on a second opinion, we went to another hospital where they finally figured out that I actually had water in my lungs and that I could have died. Wow. Wow. And was that a man who said you were hysterical? Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that you are fine and things worked out and it's really important to be your own advocate. It is. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think I, I did a little item. There's a new name for this. They call it medical gaslighting. Anyway, for what that's worth. Thank you very much for sharing your story, Stacy. You're very welcome. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Another story about being an advocate for yourself at the hospital. Hi, Rosie in Guelph. Hey, Libby, I just wanted to say that regarding being an advocate for yourself, often it's totally out of your control. My medical oncologist ordered an ultrasound for what he thought I had a DVT, and it took very dedicated oncologists to keep insisting 
finally, after the sixth one, they discovered he was correct. Uh, you mean that this the test was not read properly? That's exactly what I mean. Okay, well, there you I go. I want to say something else also. I had a mammogram and because I felt a lump in my breast, and I was told it was everything was okay. And nine months later, I woke up with a very red breast, which got me to the doctor right away, and I was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer, and they also discovered that lump, there was more lumps now. Are, are you so, okay? That's a very, uh, very tricky form of breast cancer. Uh, what, inflammatory, you mean? Yes. Yeah, and, and I it's just, well, rare. actually, uh, strangely, yeah. I was grateful to have it, because it wasn't for that. I'd just be the walking dead then. Yeah, I mean, again, and um, many, many years ago, many years ago, uh, a former colleague of mine, she was a very talented woman in her, like she was about 36 or something, and she was actually working overseas, and she also had a lump, and her doctor here, when she was here, said, oh, it's nothing, and she died of breast cancer, which was at a very young age. It was devastating. tragic. It's tragic. And I know, well, other people die of breast cancer, of course, but that is a very tricky kind inflammatory. And, and again, um, you know, make sure you know the details if you have something like that and they tell you it's benign. But well, sometimes it is benign. Later. Yeah. Uh, Rosie, thanks for your call. Uh, are you doing okay? Well, actually, this week I've been diagnosed with... Uh, Multiple blood clots in both my lungs now. Oh, no. Sorry to hear that. But you know what? I just go one day at a time, put one foot in front of the other, and keep on going. That sounds like a plan. I wish you all the best. Sorry about your diagnosis, but it sounds like you're getting good care. Yes. Thank you, Libby. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Let's take a good news call about an experience in hospital. We've got Marie in Brampton. Hi, Marie. Hi, Libby. Um, my story is this. On August the 31st, I fell in Newfoundland. I dislocated my shoulder, got a f- butterfly fracture, and I have a bone shard apparently sticking up. I was taken to the hospital. I was put in an interview room immediately on a bed. I was offered painkiller first. Then they started to take my medical history. A doctor was there waiting for me, Um, five different x-rays. The x-ray technician was in the shower when they called at home, and she drove in. They treated it, reset it, gave me instructions on what to do when I got home, and I flew home yesterday, which was my planned return date. This is in the health care system when many of the small hospitals in, in Newfoundland, and even in larger centers, have lost their doctor. I was absolutely blown away um, by the care and attention I received there. And when I spoke to a doctor on lo- locum this morning, who was covering for my family physician this week, I was met with the total opposite, totally indifferent, basically couldn't care less. Hmm. And that's, you know, we have a much larger healthcare system here than the province of Newfoundland and Labrador overall. 
but yet um, I was I couldn't believe it. I was sitting there with my mouth open, and it wasn't because of all the painkillers they were giving me, but I, I was just completely flabbergasted by the level of care. So, and at the end of it, oh, hip paid. Um, it's just, you know, I think it's just the luck of the draw. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's more good than bad. But um, Marie, uh, that's a great story. And uh, thank you for sharing it with us. Have a great no weekend. Bye bye. Great weekend. Libby. Bye-bye. Okay, we still have a few minutes left in the show. So if there's something else on your mind, we've been hearing mostly bad stories about stuff that's happened in hospitals and even before COVID in Emerge. But there are also lots of good stories. We just heard from Marie, who got excellent care in Newfoundland, even though they have a much smaller medical system that is probably even more under pressure than ours here. But boy, is ours under pressure. We've also been talking about the school system, because the new rules for school is that even if a kid tests positive, they can come back to school 24 hours after they feel better, and they don't have to mask. And that has some, certainly, education workers worried. Others say it is no problem. What do you think? And uh, I'm sure it's a problem for some other people who are worried that their kids will be infected and take it home, maybe to somebody who's immunocompromised, maybe to somebody who is older and vulnerable. Uh, So, uh, And we have yet to see how that plays out, right? Let us go to Marie in Stony Creek. Hi, Marie. Hi, it's Mary, but Mary, nice sorry. to talk to you. Uh, I'm a retired teacher, and uh, I wish all the pupils and the parents and the students, the teachers well on the first day of school. One of the things that really concerns me is when I hear that the teachers will do another job. They will test the students. And um, if you're doing a good job as a teacher, you've got all you can handle with meeting the needs of the children within your care. Children need to learn to read and write and do do math skills more than ever in our society. And um, it's not that all these uh, other additional things don't have a lot of merit. They do. But at some point, the system is just overblown with add-ons. And uh, with the children coming in that have missed so much school, some parents have been very involved. uh, But even with the most involved parents, you're saying, okay, you can be a teacher. Everybody can be a teacher. And uh, let's take some of the burden off the school system as much as possible. Let the children get back to a normal kind of day with their friends and their their teachers. And uh, let's have a good year at school. Thank you, Libby. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't clear to me uh, if the teachers were supposed to test the kids. Uh, what I got from the secretary who called in was that the kids were supposed to test themselves before they came to school, but there was really no way of enforcing that or knowing what happened. So uh, there you go. There, there's just so much uncertainty. You know, to a certain extent, we have to learn to live with uncertainty, but uh, I can see how some of this is very troubling, depending on what your personal situation is. I'm going to take a call from Jim in Niagara. Hi, Jim. 
Hello, how are you today? Fine, go ahead, you're on the air. Uh, Yes, about global warming. I'm watching on the news here, and um, talking about this rocket that's supposed to go up. You know, we got climate change, and we're spending billions, the states and Canada, on going up there to find out there's ice on a part of the moon, or that money should be spent trying to control climate change here instead of spending it up there. Like, I don't understand it all, but the thing is, they figure, well, maybe people go up there. There ain't going to be... Okay, uh, Jim, I think we're losing you. Yep. Um, it's the Americans spending the money. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much our voices count. So again, you know, um, what's the upshot of all this new stuff, this new landscape for COVID? And, and again, I think uh, the issue is some people see, feel safe still. Others don't. I think everybody is kind of in COVID is over mode, but I think COVID is just getting ready to flare up again. The question is, how bad is it going to be? And you know what? We're just not really going to know as much about it because scientific advisory table is being disbanded. It's being reconstituted in a way that the government has strict control. The doctors won't be able to talk and guess unless they get previous permission from government officials. And you know what? Sometimes that just takes a lot longer than dealing with news as it's happening and they won't be able to even investigate things that aren't okay with government officials and the information that they find won't be shared. We still have very independent-minded doctors who will be very happy to talk to us, but they're also going to have less information. However, what can I say? In the meantime, I am looking out the window. It is a beautiful day. It is really, well, it's officially still summer through the third week in September, but it's really the last weekend of September. We've got the CNE, we've got the air show, we've got Ashkenaz, we've got all kinds of things happening all throughout the city. It is a great time to get out and to enjoy, and I hope that all of you will be doing just that. I'm going to be off for a few days at the beginning of next week. I'll be back here on Thursday. Everybody have yourself a wonderful weekend and we will talk again next week. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.